Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's game my podcast where we study, where we learn, where we grow, try to be the best Christians uh, that we can be for God. Uh, today's episode, what we want to talk about is contentment. Contentment. You know, I was thinking about this uh, the other day and uh, you know, I was reading through Hebrews and and First Timothy, and, and it talked a lot about contentment, and especially in Philippians, and I, and especially with Paul. You know, it said Paul learned to be content, and we're going to look at that, look at that today. But I think sometimes in life, uh, we show a lot of um, we show a lot of ingratitude. Uh, we kind of take a lot of things, um, and we take a lot of people for granted. Like they're always going to be here. Like everything's always going to be great. Um, but I think learning to be content, it's a skill and it's something that can help with the Christian's mindset and it can help with our perspective. You know, just like we talked about last week or the week before about the Bible and mental health, you know, perspective and being content really helps with your mental health and it helps with your perspective on life. And that's what we're going to look at today. So we're going to look at being content being content. And we're going to look at the life of Paul. So if you uh, have your Bibles, uh, let's go to Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four. And we're going to start there today. And here we have uh, Paul here and he's telling us how he's content. If you start in Philippians chapter four and verse 11, look at what Paul says. Not that I speak in respect of want, but watch this. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Stop right there. Paul had to learn this. Now, when you learn something, it means you go through ups and downs. It means you fail sometimes and you succeed sometimes. But notice, Paul said he had to learn to be content. You see, sometimes as Christians, we look around and we look and we see what other people have and we get jealous. We get envious at sometimes some people get angry because of what other people have and what you want. Right. You know, I heard, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan and I heard Kyrie Irving. Uh, he was doing an interview and uh, he said a, a quote that his coach said, Brad Stevens. He said this, and, you know, the, the Celtics were a, a young team, but he said, I don't want you guys to compare yourself to other Celtic teams. I don't want you to compare yourself to other Celtic players. I don't want you to compare yourself to any team in our conference. I don't want you to compare yourself to anybody else in the league. Because he said comparison with anybody and comparison with anything is the ultimate thief of joy. And I thought about that for a second. And I thought about Paul, you know, Paul really could have compared his life to other people's lives because remember 
Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beaten. He, he went through all this stuff. But Paul really could have compared his life to other disciples' lives. Oh, well, I wish my life could be more like the Apostle John because he was really close to Christ. I wish my life could be like Peter's. You know, I wish my life could be like so-and-so. But comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. And I think as Christians today, I think sometimes we compare ourselves to each other. As much as we love the brotherhood, comparison with each other is not the right thing. The only person that we're supposed to compare ourselves to is Christ. You see, when we compare ourselves to each other, I can always see what I'm doing better than somebody else and vice versa. Well, at least I'm not doing this. At least I'm doing better than that person. Or at least I'm this way. I'm better than him. Comparison is just not good that way, especially between each other. So here, Paul said, I will learn in whatsoever state I am to be content. Well, how did you learn that, Paul? Keep going. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. So to be abased, what does that mean? To be low. So Paul, I know what it's like to be beaten. I know what it's like to be shipwrecked. I know what it's like to be hated against. I know what it's like for people to be afraid of me. I know what it's like, so I know what it's like to be humble. I know what that feels like. But also, I know what it is to abound, to be successful, right? Because remember, yes, Paul could be talking about his Christian successes here, but also he could be talking about what he used to be. Remember who Paul was. Paul had a, when he was Saul, he had a high, high position. So I know how to be humble and abase, but I know also how to abound. Watch this. In everywhere and in all things. That's a big one here. In everywhere. You see, sometimes as Christians, our circumstance depends on uh, our reaction. So think about this. Remember when Paul was in jail? How many of us would be singing and praying while we're in jail? Honestly, I don't think I would be. But Paul, he said everywhere, whether I'm in jail, whether I'm out of jail, whether I'm here, whether I'm there, I know how to be humble and I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. And in all things, am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in need. So because I'm content, because I've learned how to do this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You see, contentment, you can do a lot of things with contentment. You see, I, I read one, uh, one commentary. I want to share this with you uh, about what one writer said about Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. If I can get there really quick. All right, here we go. Here's what, here's what the commentator says. And I thought this was very special. It says, he's learned the secret of deep peace based on detachment from his outward circumstances. So in whatever conditions of life that he finds himself in, he discovers the will of God. For his situation. Can you and I do that? That's a skill. That's not natural. That's a skill that you have to learn. 
but you can only learn that through trial. So Paul learned, whether I'm beaten, I can still have peace. And I can find the will of God for me in this situation. Whether the circumstance is in my favor or not. Well, Jordan, how can you say that? Remember in Genesis chapter 37, all the way to Genesis 50, we have the life of Joseph. Joseph went through all that stuff, but he found the will of God in each situation. And in each situation, the Bible says that God was with Joseph. You see, circumstance for the Christian shouldn't determine our peace, shouldn't determine our attitude. You see, our peace doesn't come from circumstances. Our peace comes from knowing that we can be content because we serve God. And Paul said, therefore, I have learned this. So think about situations or circumstances that have happened in your life. And especially I want you to think about the circumstances that you felt um, was not in your favor. Did you complain? Did you get angry? Did you get bitter? Did you actually take action against whoever it was? Did you become hateful? Or, no matter what happens, can you discover the will of God for you in that situation? Keep going. This is what this is what the commentator keeps saying. He says it's uh, he detached himself from anxious concern about the outward features of his life. So this, in turn, arises from its concentration upon the really important things, the invisible things, and the eternal things. Fellowship with Christ, on whose strength that he constantly draws. How awesome is that? See, Paul didn't think about what personally happened to him. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about certain trials and, and, and situations. And we both came to the conclusion that it's even then and even now, it's not about what personally happened to you. It's not about what personally happened to me. It's not about that. What it's about is no matter what happens, did my trust in God and did my hope in God grow through that or did my character change and I serve Satan because of the circumstance? You see, circumstance for a lot of people can become an excuse. Well, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand what's happening. You don't understand what happened. Paul said, you can learn to be content. Now it's on you. Will you learn to be content in whatsoever state you are? You know, I was reading a book the other day about <clears throat> about uh, marriage. Um, and it's called When God Writes Your Love Story. I I recommend that you read that. I think it's, it's by Eric Ludy, L-U-D-Y. Um, but he was talking about in that book, how he was, he wasn't content with God alone. 
And so he felt like I needed somebody in my life in order for me to feel content, right? He said, I wasn't content with knowing God. I wasn't content with having God write my love story for me. He said, I just wanted to be content and I wanted to do whatever it took for me to be content. So if that was being with X amount of girls to be content, I would do that. But he said, I had to learn in my singleness to be content. You see, that works for everybody. If you're a single Christian, you have to learn to be content. But here's the thing. Is that easy? No. No, it's not easy. He said in that book, there were nights of loneliness. There were nights of wishing he had someone. There were nights that he struggled. But he said he learned through those nights, through those trials to be content. And, you know, contentment doesn't matter what the circumstance is. You can learn it. You can learn it. But here's the question. Will you want to learn that? Or will you let the circumstance change you? Because for Job, the circumstance could have changed him. He could have cursed God and and, and did his own thing. Joseph, he could have let the circumstance change him. But he found the will of God for him. Paul, through all the stuff that happened to him, he could have let his circumstances change him. But all three of those men didn't let circumstance change their view on God. You see, circumstances for the Christian, we either do one of two things. Circumstance will either draw you closer to God or it will draw you closer to yourself. And you'll become selfish. And that's, and honestly, that's something I've done before. You know, I've drawn more to myself and my knowledge and what I thought I knew rather than focusing on God and what he knows already. See, circumstances do one or two things. Now, which side do you want to be on? Right? Now, let's keep going. Here's here's another verse that I want to look at. Uh, Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I believe it's verse number 8, if I'm correct here. And again, like we say in every podcast, we want the scriptures to help us with this, right? 1 Timothy chapter 6, oh, verse 6, not verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. I love verse 6. Godliness, living right, doing the right things, coupled with contentment, no matter what situation you find yourself in, that's great gain. You see, it's not about... you. I realize this, you know, as Christians, we want to be happy, right? And God wants us to be happy. God wants us to have an abundant life. He does. But I've realized this. It's not all about your happiness. It's not all about your personal happiness. It's about, it's about being content. It's about being content. 
Because circumstances in this life is going to change. You're not always going to be happy. Things aren't always going to be great. But the thing that can be consistent is your contentment, not your happiness. See, your happiness, it flows. It can go up and down. It's hills and valleys. Oh, I'm happy one moment. Sad one moment. Happy one moment. You see, happiness, you can't trust it. But contentment, if you learn it, you can always count on being content. So it's not about happiness for the Christian. It's about contentment. Godliness with contentment. Notice, it says it's great gain. You see, happiness, you can gain things. But those things fade away. You see, you can gain a relationship, but that relationship can fade. You can gain money, but that money can fade. You can gain possessions, but that possession can fade. All that stuff that can make you happy for the moment, that's great. But that really fades off. But godliness, living right, doing the right things... Plus contentment, that is great gain. You keep that. Now, I don't know about you, but that other stuff that fades, I don't want to put my happiness in a person. I don't want to put my happiness in a thing. I want to put my happiness in God. My contentment, right? Godliness with great contentment. That's amazing. It's amazing. But here's the question. Today, right now, if you you self-examine yourself, and it's tough. It's tough to do this. Are you content? Not happy. Not happy. There's a difference. Are you content? No matter if you have money. No matter if you have things. No matter if you have a relationship or not. No matter if you have whatever, you can put whatever you want in that blank. Whether you have it or whether you don't have it, are you content? Now, here's here's the thing. If you're not content, this is what you're going to find yourself doing. You're going to find yourself trying to fill that void with something else. Well, I'm not content. I, I feel like I need something, so... I'm, I'm going to get all this money. Well, I'm not content. I'm not, I'm not happy like I want to be. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get all this money. Well, I, I'm not content by myself. So I'm going to put my happiness in another person and all that happiness is with that person. You're going to find yourself putting your happiness in other things that can potentially not work. And that, that really won't work if your godliness and contentment isn't there. You see, you're going to start filling that void with things and people. And that never works. But if you're godly, no matter what state you find yourself in, single, married, widow, no matter what situation, if you're godly with contentment, that is great gain. That was a great study for me. You know, I, I want to be more like these guys. I don't know about you, but like Paul, like Joseph, Joe, these guys of this this Superman, this kind of this kind of 
heroic faith. But this shows me that it's it's possible that I can have that type of faith. If they had it and God's not a respecter of persons, why can't I? Why can't you, right? So we can have this type of faith that these guys had, but we have to learn these lessons that these guys have learned as well. We can be content. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. You can also um, follow on Twitter, but you have to look up my name. Just look up Jordan Anthony Pugh, and it's there. Everything's there as well. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, We're also on iTunes, so you can also subscribe and uh, get it there on iTunes as well. I appreciate the study. I love studying with you, and uh, look forward to studying with you guys again. Thank you.